The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome back to the mandatory. We are back after a slow week in boxing, some might say. Right, Brian? But it's going to pick up a little bit now. Yeah. um, I can't get into my Twitter account as of when we're recording this, and that's quite annoying. Um, I thought it was just a desktop thing, and apparently it's a phone thing too. Don't log out, people. Um, or you should actually, because this fucking guy is ruining the app. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So that that's where I'm at with this. We there was shit last week. We we dropped a Jason Maloney interview. Now I'm gonna get on YouTube's ass. That that shit was doing really well, and then YouTube just slashed our views twice. When it got to like 200, they put it at like. No, when it got to like 190, they put it at like 90. And then when it got to like 300, they put it at like 120 inexplicably. So that shit really has probably like 500 something views or 400 something views. So thank you to everyone who's watched it and yes. or listened to it. Um, YouTube, get it the fuck together. We've also been stuck at like 498 subscribers for like a week. We're at 499 now, just saying. Whatever. Bullshit. Yeah. It, it, like, it, it's it, like, I don't know what's going on. We had a Troy Isley interview that like dropped 50 views inexplicably. We had something else that dropped like 80 views. Um, what the fuck is happening? But anyway, if you're watching this, please subscribe because we obviously <laughs> we need it um, at this point. Um, and uh, yeah, let's let's get on with this Canelo preview because it's Canelo week. Um, he's not fighting a fight that a lot of people are particularly excited about, but Canelo's fighting. We don't know how often we're going to see this going forward because, you know, he's getting to his mid-30s now and he's been boxing professionally since fucking 2005. Back then by Mike Jones was one of the biggest songs in the country when this man debuted. So let's go, Chantal. Let's do it. All right, you heard Brian say it there with a lot of explicitives that it's Canelo week. <laughs> He's going to be defending his uh, undisputed super middleweight titles, and it's against John Ryder. If you're from the UK, you're probably going hard for this man, but it's going to be Cinco de Mayo weekend, and it's going to be in Canelo's backyard, which is absolutely massive. You know people are going to show out for him. I cannot wait to see how this looks like on TV. But let's get right into it, Brian. Canelo versus John Ryder. How do you see this one going? So Canelo hasn't fought in Mexico since 2011, November. I wanted to look that up to make sure I was right. Kermit Cintron, uh, my Puerto Rican brother, got knocked out in five rounds. And uh, this was um, when Canelo Alvarez was a super welterweight, which feels like a long, long time ago. Um, Canelo Alvarez is still pound for pound one of the best fighters in the world. I would still say the most popular fighter in the world at this point. Um, there was a face of boxing conversation that happened after after Javante Davis knocked out Ryan Garcia. And um, I don't think he's dethroned uh, Canelo Alvarez yet. Um, I think he could be on his way if he fights uh, more Ryan Garcia type fights, but I don't get the sense that the next one is going to be that unless, you know, he does wait for Devin Haney, Shakur Stevenson's of the world and things of that nature. But anyway, with Canelo Alvarez, 
this feels like just a rebound from the Dmitry Bivol loss, even though we just saw him fight Gennady Golovkin in September. I feel like people have already forgotten about that, even though that was a pretty it felt big like fight. a while ago. It felt like a while ago. It does. It felt like a while ago, and it, it, it almost didn't feel like it happened, right? So John Ryder, we spend a couple minutes on him. He's a credible challenger, like WBO interim champion. He beat Danny Jacobs, depending on how you scored it. Um, and it was in his hometown, so maybe some home cooking there, split decision win. But I thought he fought a great fight. I did have Danny Jacobs edging it out, but I have no problem with people picking John Ryder to win that fight. I thought it was a very close fight. John Ryder got stronger, particularly as the fight went on. And inexplicably, Danny Jacobs switched southpaw during the fight, and then John Ryder was able to have some success there. I feel like that really turned the fight. One stoppage loss. He's 32 and five with 18 knockouts. John Ryder is one stoppage loss. It was to Nick Blackwell for the British super middleweight championship in 2015. That was an early stoppage. Um, it was a really early stoppage <laughs> if you looked at it. Um, and I just don't think that like John Ryder is going to win this fight, but I don't want to overlook the fact that he's earned this fight. Like this is somebody and I was reading up on his story Yes, he's credible and the two-time interim champion, but he's also somebody that, like, you know, he's worked different types of jobs in order to sort of make his career go by. Um, so it hasn't been just all boxing, whatever the case may be. I think I read on Boxing Scene that he was, like, a bouncer at a nightclub. You know what I mean? He got, like, a doorman's license in 2017 and, you know, sort of came up uh, came up that way. And now he's going to get his biggest purse ever. Um, yeah, but Canelo Alvarez is that dude, still is that dude, and we'll be looking forward to what happens with Canelo Alvarez after, which we're going to talk about as the show sort of unfolds and does multiple segments on this fight coming up. Yeah, and we're also going to be doing a betting preview as well, but let's take a little bit with Canelo because, like you mentioned, he is coming off that victory over Gennady Golovkin back in September, and then he took time off because of wrist surgery and coming into this one I think people were thinking that the odds were going to be higher and we'll get to that in our betting preview that we are going to be dropping but before then he lost to Bevel and before he lost to Bevel everybody was talking about how he was pound for pound number one boxer in the world I still have him on my pound for pound list I mean this man has over 60 professional fights and he's only what 32 years old 31 years old something like that so he's still very very young yeah so he's still very young but in boxing ages, like he's way older. Like when you think about it in that sense, but Canelo coming into this one, they said that he injured his hand, I believe in the Caleb plant fight. So if you think about it, Canelo's been fighting injured that whole entire time. Imagine how he's going to look when he's healthy. He's taken some time off and I think he's going to look refreshed and better than ever. As for John Ryder, like Brian mentioned, I mean, when you take a look at this record, I know everyone wants their O's, but at the same time, he's been in the ring with some dudes, 32, five and one, 18 of those wins coming by way of knockout. And like I mentioned, when we first uh, had this announcement of this fight, a lot of UK fans were saying that we were sleeping on John Ryder. So we got to give him some, a little bit of props here, right? Let's talk a little bit about his fighting skills because he is a southpaw and his best punch is definitely his right hook. It's absolutely nasty and it has a little bit of power as well. He is on a three fight win streak and Brian mentioned he, you know, had that split decision win over Daniel Jacobs in that fight. I actually gave it to Daniel Jacobs. And in the beginning of that fight for the first six rounds, Daniel Jacobs was bodying him. And I thought John Ryder looked clueless. 
And if he goes into the ring and does that against Canelo, it's not going to be a good look for him. He also lost uh, to Callum Smith back in 2019. That's when Callum Smith was undefeated. And that was a very controversial loss for him. Some people thought John Ryder got robbed. And same thing with him against Billy Joe Saunders. There were some John Ryder fans that thought that he won against Billy Joe Saunders. And of course, Billy Joe Saunders lost to Canelo Alvarez as well. So he's been in the ring with some dudes, but the fact that he's been on this three fight win streak and I think he kind of really rose to fame. And I kind of talked about this earlier when uh, this fight first got announced. But when he fought Bailal Akawi, uh, Akawi was 20-0-1 at the time. And that was for the WBA Super World Middle. And that's when he showed off that nasty right hook that he has. He had Akawi down twice in round three. They stopped that in the third round. And that was when John Ryder really gained a little bit of cachet after that fight. And now he has a chance to get the biggest payday in his career. And the biggest thing that I want to see is, is he going to come into that ring to win or is he going to come into that ring to survive? I think he really thinks he has a chance, but at the same time, we know how good Canelo is. And in this fight, I'm definitely going to be rolling with Canelo. I actually think it's going to end sooner than people think. I think it still goes to the mid rounds, but I think well, don't give away your bet. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to tune in for that because you have to listen in on what specific rounds I'm going to roll with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and how I think it's going to actually go. But I do think that for Canelo Alvarez, I think he's going to get to the body because he's one of the most elite body punchers in the game. And that's how he's going to definitely hurt John Ryder because John Ryder leaves himself open at times. But I think at the same time that John Ryder is going to want to fight with Canelo Alvarez. Keep in mind that this is also a shorter fighter for Canelo, right? Canelo's been fighting some big dudes. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting, the matchup in this one. But I have Canelo winning. And I actually do think this is going to be a pretty entertaining fight. But I want to know what type of John Ryder are we going to get? Are we going to get that John Ryder that we saw in that first half against Daniel Jacobs? Or are we going to get a John Ryder that's going to be looking to be a little bit aggressive against Canelo at first? Because, you know, Canelo isn't always the fastest starter. Like, no. he's going to figure you out right away. So I'm curious to see what John Ryder we get. But we know that he's going to get a big-ass payday. So I'm curious to see if he's going to come in and just try to survive against Canelo. Because there's a reason why Canelo Alvarez picked John Ryder. To fight in his backyard. After other, he just other, had surgery. After other, he... After the questions came up as well, when he lost to Bevel, like, is Canelo the best? Like, the man has over 60 professional fights. Like, let's stop knocking people just because they have a loss. And there's also talk if we are seeing, like, the latter end right now of Canelo's career where we might see him be like, hey, is he falling off? Like, there's questions about Canelo at this time with I, that. I, I have him. You know what I mean? Really? Like, okay, because, yeah. so you think... No, because no, it's not even it's not even just watching Canelo sort of like slide or whatever. I, it's not that I don't see that. Like I still see him as the best super middleweight in the world, one of the best light heavyweights in the world. Even though I'd rather not see him at light heavyweight, um, you know, going out like that. But for me, it's more of a thing like how long can you be excellent? And he's been a world champion level fighter for. 12 13 14 years something like that right and the At face of boxing and the 13, face of boxing you know and, and post floyd mayweather yeah so floyd mayweather retires in 2015 he has the conor mcgregor thing in 2017 so we'll call it you know a six to eight year period where canelo alvarez has been that and you know and shit that includes the dimitri bivol loss which tells you how big his star power truly is 
people are going to be watching this fight, even though it's one-sided, super one-sided on paper, super one-sided on paper. But I think with uh, with Canelo Alvarez, I have a question. I have questions about. We talked about this after uh, David Benavidez beat Caleb Plant. It's like I wouldn't favor David Benavidez at all, but youth, um, size, speed, power—like those are some of the attributes that typically take a guy like Canelo out at this stage of his career. Historically, mm-hmm. if you look at boxing, if you look at other combat sports, like this, these are usually the guys that get you. I would still favor Canelo to win that hypothetical. But the reason where or where John Ryder comes into play is that I don't think he's necessarily the guy that will beat Canelo um, at this stage. And we this saw is a tune-up. This is we, a tune-up fight. We clearly. saw it with Dimitri Bivol already, but I do think we're getting to the point where, like, I, I think how Canelo looks in this fight matters, right? John Ryder, to your point, has been in there with a lot of guys, some of which I'll name. Rocky Fielding being another one. Canelo destroyed him in three rounds. I was at that fight, covering <laughs> that fight, Madison Square Garden. It sucked. Uh, that was his first super middleweight championship, and it was a three-round TKO. It was easy work, right? John Ryder lost to him. John Ryder also lost to, as you mentioned, Callum Smith, as I mentioned, Nick Blackwell, also Billy Joe Saunders, like you said, and Jack Arnfield. Um, you know, this is somebody that Canelo should put away. But at the end of the day, he's 5'9", him being John Ryder, a southpaw, uh, 72-inch reach, which is, you know, pretty solid for that height. And according to BoxRec, the third best super middleweight in the world. You could agree, disagree with that. They have Canelo Alvarez, number one. David Benavides, who we just mentioned, number two. John Ryder is third. Um, fourth is uh, Dimitri Andrade. So you could do Demetrius Andrade. So you could do uh, with that what you will. So, um, yeah, I think this is a big, big fight, big opportunity for John Ryder. Um, but if he if he impresses in the time that he lasts, I think that's going to be indicative uh, of some things for Canelo moving forward. But we'll see if he does that. Here's the thing. I don't think people are thinking, yo, Canelo's going to come in round one or two and just like knock out John Ryder. I don't think people are expecting that, but I think they are expecting a finish from Canelo. And you take a look at the odds and the odds tell you that too. When we get into the betting, I'm too yeah, excited about say, the betting. I keep yeah, talking yeah, about that, yeah, but yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I think I would have seen Canelo as a bigger favorite if we, he's already a big favorite, but like we've seen sometimes a favorite be like minus 35. Well, well, yeah. Right. Yanni, like, Beck, Yanni Beck, Yanni Beck, middleweight champion defending his title next week is a minus 6,000 favorite against Steven Butler. And that's going to be on the SBM. So yeah. So I just, our think boy that- Jason Maloney is on the co-feature though. Yeah, which we, by the way, we just dropped an episode with Jason Maloney. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you do. Such a great guy. But I really, really think that Canelo is going to quiet all of the doubters during this time because there's only, and we will get to it if Canelo wins. We can't, we can't say that he will because we got to, you know, wait to see what John Ryder does. We can't be biased here. But if Canelo wins, we're also going to be dropping something for what's next for Canelo. So I don't want to give away too much for that mm. in terms of what his path might be after. But huge fight for Canelo Alvarez. So here at the Mandatory, we want to know who you have winning and how and what you expect from Canelo Alvarez. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. 
Alvarez. Are you excited for his return? Make sure to drop some comments below and remember to follow us at the mandatory TKO. And, and if you haven't already hit that like and subscribe button, we got to move over now to a guy that was trained by the same trainer as Canelo Alvarez, Eddie Reynoso, Ryan Garcia. He then moved over to Joe Goosen and it turns out he has officially parted ways with Joe Goose and his trainer after losing to Tank Davis by TKO in the seventh round in that big, massive blockbuster fight. Brian, what are your thoughts on Ryan Garcia leaving Joe Goosen? Reportedly, um, this is according to Mike Coppinger, but it seems to be the case. Um, there's, there's a couple interesting things here that we won't spend too much time on because of God. We've talked so much Ryan Garcia lately because we covered the shit out of his fight with Javante Davis. So you could go... And look that up. There's a whole Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia playlist on our YouTube channel if uh, you want to look back at some of that. But anyway, Ryan Garcia had the mole, supposedly, um, telling Tank's side what's going on. Um, he was alone in the post-fight press conference, which was a red flag for me. I don't think that's really excusable. No Oscar De La Hoya, no Joe Goosen. I don't know what the decision was there. I don't know if it was simply, hey. Apparently death threats. That's what they said. Uh, Oscar De La Hoya was saying um, that it was death threats. That's who, why he couldn't who, be there. Who was going to kill him? Apparently they were getting death threats. I don't know. I saw it on Fight Hype, okay? <laughs> I saw it on Fight Hype. I saw the video. Oscar De La Hoya was saying that, um, yeah, he got death threats during the time, so they couldn't be there. But Oscar De La Hoya's right-hand man was there. I'm sure, was I'm there, sure so. throughout the course of this, Ryan Garcia has gotten death threats from Javante Davis fans. Oh, and yeah. he, he was out there in the press conference. Like, he's the fighter here. You know what I mean? And I'm, vice versa. I'm sure Javante Davis got death threats from people who were rooting for Ryan Garcia. Yeah, I wouldn't because doubt people, it. Because people online could be, you know, look, if it don't apply, let it fly. So I don't mean this about everybody. But some people online could be losers. It is what it is. Um, as it relates to, look, if you get offended by that, then you might be, you might, you might be like, hey, you know, but if you're not going to, if you don't get offended by that, then you're not going to give a shit, right? Because, yeah. you know, again, don't apply, let it fly. But yeah, no De La Hoya, no Joe Goosen. Um, and I was watching some of the, um, what Showtime put out, the epilogue uh, yeah. after uh, Javante Davis beat Ryan Garcia doing our homework here. Uh, one quote that was interesting to me, this is after Ryan Garcia got knocked down. Joe Goosen said, I like what you did, but you could almost see him waiting for that. Get back to boxing smart. And to me, I, I don't know what's best for Ryan Garcia at this point. But having tra changed trainers a couple different times, I feel like I, I don't know if this is related to the mole or not being with him at the press or whatever the case may be. But he really needs to find someone, one, that he's just on the same page with in terms of who he can be as a fighter and really as a man. Because I feel like your trainer is not just somebody who's going to just train you for fights. It could just be that. But you're going to have a deep working relationship. And Ryan Garcia's probably have, but so many fights left. Like you never know in boxing when this shit could end, right? He's 24. He's young. You could say he has a bright future, everything ahead of him, yada, yada, yada. We don't actually know how long these careers last, right? These, these careers last. And I think he needs to find somebody who's going to maximize him as mm -hmm. a fighter and as a person. And the way to do that is somebody who I don't, I don't really know off the top of my head, but because relationships matter. But he's 5'10 with a 70-inch reach, and he needs to be able to use that. It can't just be speed. It can't just be power. It has to be some level of boxing, really improve his defense um, yeah. so that he doesn't get caught like the way he did against Javante Davis. But he has all the talent in the world, has the attributes, and obviously the marketing ability. 
finding someone to maximize that. It's going to be a high-pressure situation for whatever trainer steps in. And I also have questions. We have a commenter who, who said this recently, and I'm bl- I, I want to give him credit. But he said that he thinks, and I agree with this, that Ryan Garcia might not be long for Golden Boy, period. Yeah. You know, long-term. And I think this may have highlighted that as well, which is kind of dangerous for Golden Boy because he's maybe their biggest star at this point. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, I think the mole was an interesting factor because if you look at the actual footage of the fight right after the fight, Joe Goosen does ask Ryan Garcia if he hit him in that spot, Mm -hmm. right? So he was injured during that fight. So the mole thing is interesting, but however, I still thought Tank was dominant throughout that. (laughs) You know, Ryan won that first round and then Tank was killing it. Um, so I don't know. Did you see the Conor McGregor clip? I did see that. I did see that. And everyone's talking about. Did you see it in the epilogue? Yes, I did. Okay. So Conor McGregor, for people who don't know, he went up to Ryan Garcia after the fight. Uh, In the epilogue, it showed that Conor McGregor said he wanted to see it again. He wanted to see it again. That's what Showtime showed you. But in the raw video that was online, this was edited out of Showtime for obvious reasons. Conor McGregor said, I want to see it again without the rehydration clause. That's what he said. Yeah. Um, and we st- that's something that we still haven't really gotten into. Not not us, but like I feel like boxing as a whole, like the rehydration clause is something that like we're, we're just kind of like, ah, you know, part of the game, which, you know, perhaps it is. But I do wonder if uh, that factors into some important portion of this. Like maybe he fights better and then actually stays with Joe Goosen if there's no rehydration clause. Well, yeah, I mean, we can go back and forth on that and be yeah. like, well, if he didn't have the rehydration clause, he would have fought better. Probably, but he signed the contract. Agreed. So let's yeah. let's stop talking Mario, about it. Mario Barrio said the same thing, uh, that he, he, he either tweeted out or posted on Instagram that he had a rehydration clause when he fought Tank Davis at one point. Because there were rumors that he didn't. Remember, they were like, oh, Mario Barrios. People were on Twitter saying that he didn't have one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just saying, like, I I don't, I hate that. I hate that people are bringing it up because at the end of the day, Ryan saw the contract. He signed it. If he wasn't cool with it, he shouldn't have signed it. He knew that he would be drained at that weight. And he said before that he wasn't going to fight at 135 before. What's the difference at fighting at 136? right so i also don't think it would have made i I don't think it would have made a huge difference either but i I think it would have made a difference i I think it would have made a difference well i don't think he i don't think he wins the fight if there's no rehydration clause i do think he probably performs better but now now i mean i mean we don't know though i mean we (laughs) We don't don't know though we're not gonna find out because i don't think these two are ever gonna fight again (laughs) i mean they could fight at at a different weight class i think i think if ryan's trajectory is different depending on what trainer he gets with because that's what we're supposed to be talking about here like i'm (laughs) interested in seeing if he goes with a guy like Derek James because everyone seems to go to him when you know there's problems it's like oh I'm gonna go over to Derek James to be in that camp with like Spence and Charlo and I just want to see what Ryan Garcia does next but obviously when you leave your trainer there is sometimes it's not a rift and I'm not saying there's a rift between him and Joe Goosen but I think after this fight Ryan probably feels a little bit differently but I hope he gets a trainer and listens to him because also when you heard in that corner, Joe was like, yo, use your right hand more. Use your right hand more. Ryan wasn't Which using we were, his right hand we more. We were calling for that as we were watching the fight. So it's like, okay, yeah, you you know parted ways with Joe Goosen. But I hope when you get your new trainer that you actually listen to him.
because you kind of weren't listening to him during the fight. You know what I'm saying? So it's interesting to see. And I actually do want to see Ryan win. I I love the fact that there was so much camaraderie after the fight with him and Tank Davis. They put this on for the boxing fans. So it's going to be definitely interesting to see what happens next. And of course, Tank's got some things he's dealing with as well, uh, some legal issues. But nonetheless, I think Ryan Garcia, whoever he finds as his trainer, I hope he kind of sticks with them a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. He gave Joe Goose in what three fights? Three fights. Manuel to go, Javier Fortuna, and Gervonta Davis. And you know, we saw a little bit of improvement, but I think, yeah, he needs to improve defensively. He needs to use that right a little bit more, and his footwork needs to get better as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Ryan Garcia does next. But if you have any thoughts on who you want to be his next trainer or who he should roll with, definitely drop some comments below and follow us at the mandatory TKO. We're definitely going to be having some more content coming through this week for Canelo Alvarez. Stay tuned for the betting and also some UFC betting as well. Thanks so much for rocking with us and we'll be back soon.